I'm going to read to you the intro from my book, Living Cancer Free. Before we get into this, what is a cancer? And I really want you to think about that for a second because the whole premise of this book is to try and redefine what a cancer is an effort to expand your mind that it's not just a physical thing, that there's a lot of power in this cabecita of yours to think beyond. Now, the power of just the mind is not enough to cure physical illnesses. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Can't say that on video. But in an effort to say what proactively you're doing, um, what you do on a day-to-day basis, how much that can impact you. So think on that. Let's jump into it. The reading time. What is a cancer? Introduction. Cancer, something evil or malignant that spreads destructively, according to Merriam's Webster's Dictionary. Cold. Hospital rooms are always so cold. It's like the freshest reminder that death is coming for you. A reminder that it's here, just lurking around the corner, like an overbearing mother listening with one ear, waiting for you to take that last breath of life. The fact is, death isn't itself so bad or evil. We know from the day we are born that the day we will die is inevitable. But what's really important, what defines life, are the days in between. There's always a tipping point, a time when something shifts or changes from within, where a person's life goes from being ordinary to being extraordinary. Sometimes it's seismic, the tectonic plates shifting, creating vibrations, rippling outward that break your external shell. Other times it's one word, a sentence, or a single interaction that will stick with your soul and eat you from the inside, unless your 13-year-old brain quickly adapts how to process it. My personal shift from normal to seismic was closer to the latter. I had a very average upbringing, living in beautiful homes, parents who love each other, who never divorce, one brother, Caucasian, middle class, suburban lifestyle. There was not a worry in the world. Growing up, I ate pretty normal for the 90s. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the requisite serving of vegetables when you had to eat them, maybe a Pop-Tart, mom's homemade meatballs, and the occasional Happy Meal. It's what we knew and ate back in those days in North America that was defined as balanced and healthy. I always loved fruit and still do to this day. When I was four or five during the summers, we'd go to a nearby farm and pick fresh strawberries and blueberries. We'd spend hours romping through the fields, picking up the best finds of plump, sweet, antioxidant-filled little nuggets. Taking the tractor back, uh, ride back, I would gobble them up before going to weigh in and pay with evidential proof of red and blue stains all over my t-shirt. I was a guilty berry thief. I was never that dainty, nor the doll, nor did I dream of the perfect wedding. I played a lot, creating stories and imagining entire sets in cities. I would recreate dreams through dress up, drawing with chalk in the driveway, playing house outside in the backyard with rocks, sticks, and mud, playing softball and kickball, and in the basement creating schoolrooms, figure skating routines, and board games. I loved dressing up for Halloween, playing actress, and taking on another persona. I was never really a fan of the candy, opting to make believe a candy store with my brother instead, selling off bags and bits with play money we had created. I was a creativity machine, storytelling any scene I could stir up using the props, play things, and materials that were within my reach. 
I experienced the typical teenager concerns and issues. Fitting into the popular group, if your friends like you, what boy in the older grade maybe likes you, who laughs at your jokes, being the star athlete in your team sports, learning to deal with changing bodies, boobs, periods, height, weight, and at the bottom of the list at that time in your life, keeping your grades satisfactory. At 13 years old, I wanted it all. I wanted to be beautiful and looked at by the crowds, liked by all the groups in school, especially the more popular one, which I supposedly was a part of, get the straight A's, be the start athlete, and learn how to be perfect in my ever-evolving body. Even though I was one of the youngest in my grade, I started kindergarten when I was four. I was always pushing to be older, more achieved, and ready to be in the adult world. I was already over this school stuff and kitty. I tried to please everyone, but it was impossible. I felt oftentimes like I was failing in all areas of my life in my attempt to be perfect. I wanted, needed to be good in this world. And actually, I was achieving pretty much all of this, so life appeared good. However, the exhaustion of trying to be perfect in all areas of my life left me feeling like I was failing or never enough. Life gets tricky when you place all of your self-value in the hands of others and on the approval of others. You want them to value and validate you. You lose control and life is anything but in your hands now. I remember one night during my sophomore year, I wish that my life wasn't so boring. Believe people when they say, be careful what you wish for. From then on, my life has been anything but normal. Diary entry, January 4th, 2001. Enter cancer. A seismic shift occurs, a change in the plates happens, and a pattern of thoughts, actions, and emotions that are anything but normal, as I had wished, begins. My body slowly became disconnected from my mind over the course of the following year, delving deep into an eating disorder, and for the 17 years that succeeded that. I started getting into more trouble at school with my parents, and with my parents, feeling stuck, controlled, lonely, unheard, misunderstood, unchallenged in school, and completely lost in my own body. I struggled with an eating disorder, including anorexia, bulimia, and body dysmorphia for 18 years. This is something I've come to believe I will have some sort of relationship with for my entire life. I will always question where my emotions, thoughts, and actions are coming from when it involves food. Luckily today, the eating disorder doesn't control me, nor my relationship with food. I can eat a meal without calculating to the penny how many calories are in it, although if asked, I could tell you. I'm no longer concerned about where the bathroom is and if it's a single stall or if I have to worry about someone walking in on me if I'm throwing up, although I still have some nightmares on this. I don't plague myself with the out-of-control feeling of not knowing when to stop eating or if I've had enough. My stomach and brain have magically reconnected, like a lost high school love with some much-needed time, patience, and healing. However, the struggle with food goes beyond the actual food itself. It's mental, it's emotional, and it's about control. Food is a substance, like alcohol or drugs, that provide rewards and after-effects. Food can be incredibly healing, which I will prove to you later in this book. It can also be abuse. The diagnostics and criteria for an eating disorder suggest that the cause of the disorders is a combination of environmental, societal, and genetic predisposition. The same criteria, I've been told, can be said for the cause of cancer. Well, I got them both. So I have to argue 
there may be there are some overlying factors between them. More on my diagnosis and story with cancer later, but for now, let's outline the different factors what defi that define what is a cancer. Beyond a disease as we most commonly know it, I'm proposing to define cancer as any factor that causes disease in the body and or your state of mind over a prolonged period of time. You work a stressful job 70 hours a week, feeling the pressure to bring in more money. The never-ending demands of your boss, working weekends, and to top it all off, you're missing out on all the things your friends or family are wishing you were a part of. You think to yourself, I only took on this career because my parents wanted only the best for you. This all leads to stress, inner conflict, and a lack of true happiness. This is a cancer. You struggle with food, toying with your weight for years, trying every diet out there to get your body to the exact weight that you're seeking, running the extra miles to burn off last night's dinner, and in the end, you're only gaining weight instead, and continue to binge late at night eating the foods that you really want to eat all day but wouldn't allow yourself to eat. To add to that, perhaps you are like I was and decide to starve, throw up, or employ other harmful methods to rid your body of calories in an exhausting game of control. This is a cancer. You dream of finding the perfect husband, but just can't seem to stick to the perfect boyfriend. Serial dating, sleeping around, or putting yourself in the arms of someone who doesn't make you feel loved or comfortable, or who doesn't respect you as a person. destroying your sense of self-worth, esteem, value, and respect. You continue to date only to find yourself in the same predicament time and time again, just with a different name and phone number. This is a cancer. Starting to see the pattern? Cancer is anything that causes dis-ease or unease in our mind, body, and spiritual state. It's a bad relationship, an overstressing, under-rewarding job, a poor mindset and an undervalued sense of our self-worth, a false sense of control with food or addictions, or a constant string of diets. It can be falsified. It can be any falsified strung carrot placed in front of our eyes that we think if we just keep chasing it, it'll bring us the great gift of happiness we've been looking to achieve all those years. Why? Because once we feel that happiness, it will quickly disappear, and we, as humans, will be seeking for the next big feat, carrot, or prize. Even if you work 100 hours, your boss will still be asking for more and then guilt sets in for never being around for your family. The goal is achieved and then you feel you have earned to have a treat, just one treat, and it ends up spiraling down a rabbit hole of failure. More on this later. The relationship circle is a prime example that what we don't learn from one situation will eventually show up in life in another. If we think the same kind of guy will feel, fix or heal the hole we feel from within, we will never attract the kind of love we deserve. A messed up mindset of one's self-worth and self-respect will always lead us to the wrong people. Lastly, in the end, the goal we were chasing, the one causing all of the stress and disease within our minds, isn't going to bring about a true sense of happiness and achievement. What is required is a positive mind shift in lifestyle habits that will keep us living long, healthy, and free. While this book is titled Living Cancer Free, it's important to start at the beginning where life took a turn. And I started to make some of my own life-changing choices that, in the end, ended up teaching me some very valuable life lessons that I want to share with you. 
Let's take it back to 1999, my sophomore year in high school in Connecticut. I'm 14 years old and old enough to think that I had it all figured out, this thing called life. That's the intro to the book. And there's some things that still ring true. You know, the way that this book ends is definitely not the ending. I will share that with you. And when you think that you have it all figured out, life still has many more lessons to share with you. And I read it back over about finding the perfect person, learning the lessons from, and it's still ringing very, very true. So I encourage you, if you feel you have some cancers in your life, kick them out. It's not just physical, it's mental. The people we're around, it's the job that you're in. Do your job, your work, your self-work to try and remove those. I'll link the book below if you want to read more. I will kindly ask in the introductory pages who it's giving a dedication to, please take in only the family dedications. Those are the true three little birds in my life who have always been there for me. You can remove the others. I empower and bestow upon you some of the lessons of my life, which clearly, they're still giving me lessons every day, which I'm very, very, very thankful for. I know many of you who are listening in here, you're not currently subscribed to this channel, so I will ask if you enjoy this content, please subscribe, give this video a like. If you think of anyone else who may enjoy this video, tag them or share it with them as well. See you in another upcoming video, Empowering Living Free.